etiquette? Jill Merriam here from Key Hyundai in Manchester and Milford and the all-new Key Chevrolet, home of the former Jackson Chevrolet in Middletown. I'm headed for a major meltdown. I've got too many cars, and it's so hot this extra inventory puts me in a tight spot. I'm about to have a meltdown, but that means you could drive for just 27 cents down. As the temps rise, down payments drop. So if your old ride is full of hot air, you could drive a nicer, newer car for just 27 cents down. So no matter where you got your car and no matter its condition, you could drive today for just 27 cents down. Sweating past credit problems? My For the People credit approval process is coming in hot. But hurry, it won't be long before my accountant tells me to cool it. See all the hot rides at keycars.com. That's keycars.com. Or call 800-499-0848. I'm Jill Merriam, and I'm the dealer for the people. W248CR 97.5 FM, Windsor. This is the Jamal Show. Down in. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. This is the Jamal Show. Good morning, good morning, good morning. What a great morning it is to be alive. The weather is overcast just like I like it. I like it when it rains, I really do. I go to the gym when it rains and I won't be going to the gym after this broadcast. I gotta say good morning to the bishop who is in the studio with me. Welcome to the Jamal Show, WKND 97.5 FM, 1480 AM. I am Jamal C. Wright, your host. Thanks for being with us. This is the place to get intelligent. And also, something I found out uh, last night, I got contacted by Microsoft, that uh, someone tried to hack my Microsoft account. So this is now also the only show in America that Russians are trying to hack. I looked it up, and the hack was coming from Russia. I put that up on the Jamal Show Facebook page. While I'm at it, mentioning that, you do want to like the Jamal Show Facebook page, definitely. Don't forget that I am an attorney. I specialize in bankruptcy. If you need my help, contact me at that address, at this address, jamalshowradio at gmail.com. That's J-A-M-A-L, showradio at gmail.com. Here's a nice disclaimer for you. I'm going to throw it at you. Do not forget that my views do not represent those of this station, as we are two separate entities. We have a lot to talk about on this particular show. I was supposed to take a week off this week, but alas, too much has happened, and also I have some consumer tips for those who like to save money. I'm going to change things up a little bit. Um, just to jump from the credit report seminar that I broadcasted just two weeks ago, that too is online as a podcast, and I do believe we will 
be taking a break next week to better prepare for our fall schedule. But if y'all didn't notice, I want to start talking more about some consumer-oriented stuff in these shows since I am a bankruptcy attorney. I would love to impart some of the knowledge that I've gained over the years to you. This will include consumer rights stuff as well as some of the deals I come across in the information universe. Now, we will be talking about Trump less and finance more. We're going to make that trade-off because I want to help you in this conversation. I want this to be a conversation that you grow from. I can't help you by talking about a famous stand-up comedian and his act all the time. Even if that comedian is our president. Besides, I just realized that you get all that, you you get that information all the time, don't you? Especially now. Every time you turn on the TV, you see his fat little face. You're not going to get all that here. You're going to get some stuff that helps you as well. Please be aware, folks. That each and every episode of this show can be found on your favorite podcasting network as of now. Whether you like Google Podcasts or Radio Public or iTunes, all over the place as a podcast. Just look for The Jamal Show. J-A-M-A-L. You can look that credit report show up I did a few weeks ago. In fact, I personally love listening to podcasts myself. I find it intimate and interesting. I listen to podcasts all the time. You might see me on my bike right around Hartford. Nice red bike, beautiful bike, and I have my headphones on, and I'm listening to podcasts. I think that's the new um, era of communication, and anybody can find a podcast that they actually like. Everyone can. There's millions of them out there now. Um, the top the top ones are Joe Rogan and uh, Stuff You Should Know. I'll be talking about that in later episodes because uh, it's a really intimate way to, to have a communication with somebody. I really need to say hello to our lovely sponsor. Bolton Financial, uh, don't get caught coming down Mount Everest uh, and dying coming down instead of going up. In fact, don't die at all. You can prevent a lot of uh, mistakes in your financial career by calling them at 860-298-1011. That's 860-298-1011. You want to call Bolton Financial to get your stuff straight. But let's get started. So much has happened, and I want to start with last week. I wasn't really feeling well last week. Those who follow the show know that it was a a podcast that was played last week. I was actually on my way here to the station to speak to you guys. But um, I suffer from an illness. And I'll talk a little bit about that because so many people are ill. And it brings forth the need for Medicare for All. And I want to talk about that a little bit and some other issues because so much stuff has happened. Once again, we have Hickenlooper leaving. Oh. I've been a little sick. Headaches, like the ones that I suffer, can affect a man's life. I suffer from a neurological condition called cluster headache syndrome. Uh, started when I was 25. Basically, I have headaches every day at the same exact time. Um, they last anywhere from one hour to four hours. They're excruciating. If you look up cluster headache syndrome, um, it's excruciating. The only right side to it, it's not really a right side, but... If there is something I can look forward to is that they don't happen all the time. They come in cycles. Uh, they'll come for three months of one year. They started when I was 25. I was working at a pharmacy. And I noticed that every day I went to work, my head would hurt at the same time every day. And I was going through all types of medications. I would get the medications for free. All kind of painkiller medications. It wouldn't work. Come to find out that it has to do with the hypothalamus. It's a, it's a vascular headache. So it's not something that painkillers can do anything about. And it will happen for three months every day, and then it will disappear. 
which is why they call them cluster headaches. They cluster for certain parts of the year every day, and then you don't get them again for two or three years or six years. They can they can not show up again for a decade, and that's what happened to me. They didn't show up again for seven years, and then I had a cluster of them, so to speak. And they can really be damaging to your life. They they prevent you from going to work. I remember when they first started coming um, heavy for me, I was married at the time, and they caused me to bark at my wife. I mean, um, illness can really stop you, man. Um, if you don't have health care or if you don't have adequate health care, like m- most people don't have adequate health care, and they don't know it until they actually get sick. So this is a debilitating thing. So last week, I was getting up to come to do a great show. What was I going to talk about? Violence. Violence, because that had ha- that was the weekend when we had two shootings, one in Dayton, one in uh, California. The week before or two weeks before, we had a shooting at a damn ca- garlic festival. Probably one of the most peaceful things you could ever imagine. So I was going to talk about violence. Um, also, um, across the street from where I live in Hartford, a young man lost his life at about uh, 3 in the morning. Right across the street, I heard those shots. We're going to get into that. Um, and I'm going to name him later on. But right now, I just want to talk a little bit about this cluster headache syndrome and how it stopped me, how it's hindered me. And everyone has something like this. I have a good friend his, whose back has never been the same since he got into an accident or what have you. It brings me to the su- subject of universal health care. It's so important. You can't do anything without your health. So when doing some research on the topic, I realized there are many different variations of the plan to bring comprehensive health care to every American citizen. There are lots of bells and whistles and minute details surrounding this issue. It's very complex. In fact, we actually must be careful to make the distinction between health care and health insurance because the two are not the same. Health care is given by a doctor. Health insurance is the organization who pays the doctor. Everybody needs health care by whatever means necessary. The human body requires maintenance. It does. And even people who are young get hit by buses sometimes, right? I had a cousin in his early 40s die from cancer just last year. He was young and healthy up until the time that he wasn't. And he was young and healthy up until the time that he wasn't, I repeat. Because that's how you always feel up until the time when you're not. And so nobody can tell me they, can't, they don't need health care. That would sound ridiculous because young people get sick and die just like older people. My grandmother passed away late last year. And she outlived like three of my close friends who all knew her. We must also acknowledge that all medical treatment is not equal. There is preventative care and then there is emergency care. I think I've uh, spoke about this before. Emergency care being the most expensive and least helpful of them all. Emergency care where people who cannot afford preventative preventative care this is where they end up in emergency care because if you don't treat your diabetes you end up in the emergency room right i might end up in the emergency room tonight for my cluster headaches one of the things that helps them is oxygen so i i used to run the hospitals and be like hey man just give me oxygen and they look at me strange because nobody has ever heard of cluster headache syndrome look it up actually exists there's basically three types of headaches migraines cluster headaches and there's another one uh, I, I think it's stress headaches terrible things headaches when I was a kid I used to hate two things when my head hurts and when my stomach hurts can't do either, nothing about either one of them and it's true that most people will die from an illness that they could have prevented so preventative care is the most important of the two between preventative and emergency care 
Now, in discussing healthcare in America, we must also distinguish healthcare as something that is not your ordinary good or service. What do I mean by that? I mean that healthcare cannot be compared to a good pair of socks. It's not optional. Um, as I mentioned before, everybody needs or will need healthcare, whether they say they need it or not. And that healthcare will cost money. Now, we must also acknowledge in our discussion of healthcare how much the cost of healthcare has is prone to rising st- substantially. We all know this, right? Because healthcare is a need that is generally priced out of reach of the overwhelming majority of Americans. Most people don't carry enough money in their bank accounts for an emergency heart surgery, right? Most people don't have money for cancer chemotherapy in their wallets. A long hospital stay can easily surpass the spending limits on just about any credit card. I keep saying this. The four leading causes of death are heart disease, cancer, chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder, or heart attacks, which is another way of saying heart disease, but I guess it's caused by another way, and stroke. You probably won't die from ISIS or the Taliban, but strangely enough, all of our weapons to save life are geared towards ISIS and the Taliban. All of these diseases are preventable. Chronic health conditions cause most of them. They can either be prevented or, or would cost less if caught in time. The American risk factors for heart disease and strokes are poor nutrition and obesity, which is what I see all over Hartford. Smoking is a risk factor for lung cancer. And just in case you didn't know, lung cancer is the most common form of cancer. All cancers are pretty horrible, though. They're torturous. My mother died of uh, brain cancer. You don't want to go that way. Take it from me. Obesity is a risk factor for um, other common forms of cancer. It's pretty much a risk factor for everything, which is why I'm trying my best to lose some weight right now. We must also acknowledge how the funding or the bundling of health insurance with employment has affected the American economy. It seems like people's health care being tied to employment is natural in a capitalistic country like America. But the history of most Americans getting health insurance through their jobs really begins with World War II. And everyone should kind of know this history because now, you know, as you, if you look at the current times, it's easy to believe that it's always been this way and this makes sense. Hey, my, I get my health care through my job. But that's something that was brought on by a war. That's how America adapted to a war. In 1942, with so many people diverted to military service, the nation was facing a severe labor shortage, so economists feared that businesses would keep raising salaries to compete for workers. That inflation would spiral out of control. That's what the thought was from economists back in '42. To prevent this, President Roosevelt signed Executive Order 9250, establishing the Office of Economic Stabilization. What did that do? That basically froze raises for wages for everybody in America. Business would businesses were not allowed to pay or to raise pay to attract new workers, or to compete with each other for these workers. Businesses were smart, though, and they instead they began to use luxury benefits like good health care to compete against each other. So they would come up with luxury health care benefits to, to attract people from other companies. Then, the, here's, a, here's a big um, event that happened in '43. the Eternal Revenue Service, the IRS, decided that employer-based health insurance should be exempt from taxation. So, in other words, this made it cheaper to get health insurance through a job than by any other means, tax-wise. 
So that's why we have most people getting their health care through their jobs today. It's not something that happened naturally under capitalism. It happened due to a war and due to the fact that almost every resource in America was dedicated to, to, to winning this war against Hitler. But having your health care attached to your job has certain negative points. It has certain downsides. And one of the things that's done is hurt people's salary. Because employers end up paying so much toward health care benefits that they're like, we don't really have enough to give you a higher salary. That's one of the reasons why salaries have dried up as far as they haven't gone up. They've, 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 uh, they haven't gone up with the times. One of the reasons why young people in general or are waiting to buy houses right now is because houses have appreciated faster than people's salaries have. And that's partially because of how much money your job has to pay to keep you healthy. Health insurance costs go up a lot. It's one of the things about Obamacare was to uh, slow the driving cost of uh, the rising cost of health care. And it, it did succeed in that way. Not enough, but it did succeed. It does need tweaks, though. Another effect of this tie of employment with your health care is job lock. People become dependent on their employment for their health insurance. They loathe to leave their jobs. Even when doing so might make their lives better, they don't leave their jobs. They are afraid that market exchange coverage might not be as good as what they have now. And they're most likely right about that. They're afraid that if they retire, Medicare won't be as good. And they could be right about that. These are rational concerns. Some would say that government should have no role in health care. Well, I for one completely disagree with that. And, and I'm going to shorten this up a little bit. I'm going to get to my point. Because this, this, this issue covers a lot of different spectrums. Here's my first point about why government should be concerned about this issue. First of all, we already pay for it. Every budget is a list of priorities. We have a, a an American budget um, put together by the federal government every year. And the things at the top of the list of every budget are things we consider to be the most important things. So we find money for those things. That's why America has never met an aircraft carrier, carrier or a jet fight plane that America couldn't afford. It was a priority. We made a way to afford it. We found the money. If you look at American history, a large part of our budget has always gone to defense. For fiscal year 2020, that's next year, Trump is asking for $989 billion for defense, just for defense. That's like 60%, probably more, of the discretionary spending budget. Uh, when we make a budget, we're always talking about discretionary money, money that we can control, we can bring lower or make higher, and defense is over 50% of that. I don't have a problem with that. I'm not making the argument that we don't need weapons to fight our potential enemy. My argument is that our war has changed. Our enemy is no longer the Germans or the Japanese. Our enemy is disease. Disease is what stops us from working, increasing tax revenue. Disease is what brings us to the point where we have counterproductive members of society. It brings us to a place where we become a burden if we are sick ourselves. That's what I felt like last night. As my head was hurting until 5 in the morning, thinking, well, I'll make my show this morning. I had to. 
Because I'm not going to become a burden on society no matter what. If you can hear the sound of my voice right now, it is most likely that you will die, sir or ma'am, from an undetected illness or an illness that was caught too late. Most likely something that could have been prevented had you had the information a little bit earlier. You will most likely not be killed by the bayonet of a foreign soldier. You will most likely not be beheaded by some ISIS warlord. You will most likely die from some preventable illness. You will perish from the type of malady that cannot be fought with a warplane or an aircraft carrier. Um, it can be an illness that makes you suffer in ways that make you wish for death. And the thought of extra military on the Canary Islands may not provide you comfort. It is incumbent upon the government to protect its citizens. They have defended us with military, but there will probably never be another world war. Let me say that again. There will probably not be another world war, at least not um, similar to the ones we fought before, on the ground with weapons and stuff. The wars now are cyber wars. They're wars of illness. They're wars of, uh, of dirty bombs and threats and domestic terrorism. There was to make a country in- unstable, not to defeat a country. Because making a country unstable is defeating a country. Illness is what restricts our freedom now, not Hitler. It is the best interest of the American government to keep its tax-paying and potential tax-paying citizens, and I did say potential pa- tax-paying citizens, this goes for the unborn as well, um... It is the best interest of the American government to keep its taxpaying and potential taxpaying citizens alive for as long as possible. If government cannot do that, if it cannot help me fight for my life, then what is it good for? And I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about mental health because we ignore this. This becomes a problem for prisons. This becomes a problem for parents who don't have an extra $100,000 in their wallets to help their child get over mental illness by themselves. I can think of some people that, that I'm talking about. They know who they are. We probably could use the type of mental health programs that stop young men who are kind of loose from coming, into, coming to the conclusion that violence is the answer. Maybe we can provide people with, we can convince people that immigrants are not the cause of their problems. Maybe we should spend more money convincing our teenagers that they should throw away their li- they should not throw away their lives over impulse. I want to uh, give a shout out and say rest in peace to Mr. Roberto Vargas, better known in the streets as Max. He was only 23 years old. I want to acknowledge that he had a wife and a family who loved him very much. This is the man that died two weeks ago on the corner of Farmington, I forget the cross street, over there by Mark Twain's house. I heard the shots. I want to acknowledge his family today. I want to tell them that I acknowledge that his life was valuable and that he was loved. It's easy to forget that. So, Robert Vargas, Roberto Vargas, please rest in peace. Just the day before that, a gunman was ripping through a Walmart in El Paso with an AK-47. Semi-automatic rifle, he was targeting Mexicans. Thirteen hours after that, we have another man in Dayton, Ohio, who tries to shoot up everybody at a popular club in town, including his sister and his best friend. What's going on here? Just two weeks ago, a guy used wire cutters to sneak into a damn garlic festival. He was wearing a mask, 
And he just started shooting people. Someone asked him why he was doing this, and he said, because I'm angry. He's angry, folks. He's angry, so he shoots people. You've never been angry, of course. I know you're not angry that you haven't gotten a raise in 20 years. I know you're not angry that you can't keep a stable job because the economy's not supporting you. Politicians aren't paying attention. But no, 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 no. He gets to shoot people because he's angry. This is a privileged young man. His father was like the executive director of the, of the county he was in. His brother was a, a famous boxer. And he's angry. He wants to kill people at a garlic festival. On Wednesday, last week, a man who was full of anger, again, went on a two-hour stabbing rampage in Southern California, killing four people. He cut off one man's nose. Stabbing people is personal, y'all. Why? For no reason. He was angry. Possibly the most... um, Heart-wrenching case I heard. Last year, a Latino gang in the Bronx literally chopped a 15-year-old kid up with a machete. There's a video on YouTube of Junior Guzman being dragged out of a store and stabbed to death. On video. They didn't even look to see if there's cameras. These guys were crying in court months later, talking about why me. Oh, it was a mistaken identity. They dragged a 15-year-old kid out into a street and, and, and stabbed him to death. It was the worst cause, case of brutality I've ever seen. Every day we have a madman president aggressively tweeting his way deeper into delusion and trying to take us with him. Here we are with all these warplanes and no effective tools to combat domestic terrorism in the form of white nationalism. We, in fact, have a president who is a white nationalist, but we aren't going to make him the center of this discussion. It's hard, but I'm trying. I need to mention also that it's kind of sad that we have a government that couldn't keep Jeffrey Epstein alive. Some people may remember about three or four weeks ago, I did a whole show on the life of Jeffrey Epstein to illustrate how um, privilege can work. I want to say white privilege, but let's keep it down a little bit. I did a whole show about the guy, how he worked as a teacher for the Dalton School. Uh, the Dalton School is where Anderson Cooper went. Um, interesting, interestingly enough, I didn't know this at the time, but the Dalton School was headed by William Barr's father. William Barr is now the Attorney General. William Barr's father hired Jeffrey Epstein to work at the Dalton School many years ago with no experience whatsoever. He didn't even graduate college. He knew physics a little bit. I guess that's good enough. If you remember that show, you can look online for it. The podcast is up. The Epstein Show. I talked a little bit about how I grew up near that school. And that school was known for actually suicides. People jumping off the roof. Teenagers. So, you know, mental health is kind of important. Very important, man. I always tell my friends, if you don't have your golden egg, your golden egg is your spirit. You got to keep your spirit together, man. Because you got to be a survivalist in this life. You got to be... Determined to survive If you're not determined to survive Then you're going to feel like dying one day Maybe a lot of days So William Barr's father is the one that hired Epstein We talked about that Also in this episode I said that American pop culture Is to blame for Epstein And R. Kelly At least in part Specifically because of how we idolize the wealthy No need for that the wealthy are not, they're not better than you. They're not better than anybody. They just have more money. And 99% of those people were born with it. 
So I guess it's all in choosing your parents before you're born. And I feel that American pop culture, we should not be idolizing the wealthy. Well, here's some new news. The man, Epstein, is dead by suicide. And we all know who's to blame. The federal government. I don't blame the federal government for everything like some people do. But I do blame them for this. They were responsible. Let me tell you something. I have had the unfortunate experience of being in jail before. Not for murder or nothing like that, but you know, Harlem kid from New York City, yes, targeted by the cops. You call it you call it what you want to. Also, I, I won a case against the cops for targeting me, but we'll get into that another time. The point I'm trying to make is that suicide watch is something serious. And the fact that there was an incident involving Mr. Epstein earlier shows us that, you know, this was a big slip up. Suicide Watch is heavy, man. They watch you 24 hours. They got guys. They got they got a, another prisoner in there. I mean, they don't want to lose anybody in jail because that's an instant lawsuit. Instant. Instant one lawsuit because you're in their care and custody. So you can't even starve yourself to death in prison. You can try, but they will force feed you. So, and, and think about this. If you're the guard for Jeffrey Epstein, how are you going to fall asleep? I wouldn't fall. I'd be like, um, I need to watch this dude, man. I'm going to tell my family about this. You know what I'm saying? So the government was responsible. They slipped up. I don't necessarily believe Hillary Clinton did it, <laughs> as you'll hear online. But the conspiracy theories are going to start. And this is going to end up just like JFK, who killed JFK, you know, um, whatever happened to Jimmy Hoffa for the older people like me. This man died the day before the DOJ, the Department of Justice, released papers making public the names of powerful people who were allegedly on the pedophilia ring or in on the pedophilia ring with Epstein. It's like a movie, I gotta tell you. I can see why people have conspiracy theories about this. I really can. The president, stand-up comedian Trump, has even tweeted that Hillary Clinton is somehow responsible for this. Even though he's the one in office right now, technically it was his responsibility. And that's how you know, folks, that Hillary Clinton is completely innocent. Because if stand-up comedian Trump says it, usually the opposite is true. And if he observes or make a criticism about you, like he did recently at his rally calling somebody fat, he's usually really talking about himself. It's called projection. Wow, I went a straight 30 minutes here. We're going to get ready to take a break. Uh, I'm going to do my friend Todd Bless a little favor right quick and play a little bit of his song. I'm going to get reamped up. When I come back, I want to talk to you a little about some consumer tips that I came across, maybe some other good things you should know about. I wanted to talk about Hong Kong a little bit, but I don't know if I have enough time for that. So I want to say a few words about John Hickenlooper. You've got the Jamal Show on WKND, Power 97.5 FM. Take me out, Bishop. Messing with my emotions, dawg Come on Her pretty smile, but I got style Girl, I want that Friends for a while, but a man fat Girl, I just fat Gotta keep it real, let's make a deal When we get back Put me 
it to the test. I'm the freaking best. Let me sex that. Oh yeah, we can get a room. We can pop the whip. We can get low. Oh yeah, we can get honey. Jack and money. We can step slow. Oh yeah, let me eat the cake. We can wake up bake. We can go hard. Oh yeah, gonna have a blast. Tossing up cash. Cause it's your job. I wanted to wife her, but now she keeps talking about money. I really do like her, but now I just feel like a dummy. She's twerking and shaking and breaking me, taking my money. Taking my money. 3, 34, 35, 36, 38, baby, let's go. She calling, he calling, they calling, gotta go, gotta take you home. 100, 200, 300, 400, 300, that's all. Start up all up, but now I'm just proud. The world. Too fly, too fast, too bad You got that all out, banger, that, that, that I really wanna dance So fine, a touch of class She got that, that time At the bank sucking all of my cash Oh yeah, we can get right We can take flight, we can get high Oh yeah, we can get hot Hit it all night, we can say bye Oh yeah, we can do things Pull a few strings, we can do the world Oh yeah, let the beat bang That's the hood game Cause you're my girl I wanted to wife her But now she keeps talking about money I really do like her But now I just feel like a dummy She's twerking and shaking And breaking me Taking my money Taking my money 3, 34, 35, 36, 38 Baby, let's go She calling, he calling They calling, gotta go Gotta take you home 100, 200, 300, 400, 300 That's all Start up on it, but now I'm just proud. Hey, people, you're back on the Jamal Show. WKND 97.5 FM, 1480 AM. I am Jamal C. Wright, your host. Thanks for being with us. This is the place to get intelligent. I just spoke a whole lot about uh, universal health care, and it's going to become a big issue in the Democratic Party. Speaking of the Democratic Party, I just want to say that we have two people who are left who have left uh, the primaries. One person, Eric Swalwell, uh, between you and me, don't tell anybody I said this, but he wasn't going to win anyway. You probably didn't even know who he was. He's got like 1% or whatever. He left to run for his own office in Congress. That's cool. That's cool. Democrats have to keep the seats they already have. Um, we had a new guy just leave just yesterday, maybe the day before yesterday, John Hickenlooper. He was the governor of Colorado. Very, very popular out there. Middle of the ground guy. Um, very uh, kind of a... He, he would be considered a blue dog Democrat now, which is kind of a conservative Democrat. Uh, he began his career by starting a beer factory, a uh, craft beer kind of restaurant. And he was the first one in that area to do that. And he was very successful. And that's how he became, I guess, governor or what have you. The reason why he left is actually kind of interesting. And I do want to say something about that before I move on to Hong Kong really quickly. And um, some consumer tips that I have. Hickenlooper left so he can challenge the senator in his state who is a Republican, Cory Gardner. Um, that's a big deal, man. That's a big deal because 
He's probably going to win. He's like 13 points ahead of the Republican senator in his state. And that would ter- help turn Senate. We don't need like three or four senators. That's Democrats. need about three or four senators to actually take some control. If we had enough senators right now, we could actually remove Trump. It's the, it's the lack of senators that stops us from being able to do that. And it's a big deal that Hickenlooper is leaving the presidency and going to challenge this guy, Cory Gardner, and possibly take Colorado back. Even though, between you and me, I think Cory Gardner is actually kind of a nice guy. But too bad, you're a Republican, so you might have to go. So that's a big thing. Hickenloop is very popular out there. He might win. Um, now, if only, if only we could get Beto O'Rourke to do the same thing. Beto O'Rourke is really hot and cold with me. Sometimes he's platitude, man. Sometimes he just comes out with platitude after platitude after. Oh, let's all bring people to the table and... I mean, that's all he ever does. Nothing specific. He got specific, though, when El Paso got attacked. Then he started getting, like, personal. He's cursing at, like, media, like, yo, what do you mean? What the F, man? You see what's going on in my town? I like that. I like that. I like when people get a little feisty. That's one of the things I like about Warren. I like people that, you know, they got a lot of fight in them. You got to have fight in life, man. Whatever you do. Whether you be on the radio, whatever. You got to have some spirit. You got to have some fight. got to be a survivalist. If people think you're easy to take down, then you will be. So, Hickenlooper's left, and we now have, what, 22? <sighs> a lot of these people are not going to make the next debate. I'm looking at you, Tulsi Gabbard. Um, and about 10 other people. We're looking at real five, just five contenders now, really. Uh, Bernie, Biden, Warren... Harris, who I'm not very fond of, and Pete Buttigieg, who I am very fond of. But hey, black people, you don't really like Buttigieg that much, do you? He's having trouble getting black people. We're going to be watching this um, really quickly. I want to ask people to stop calling me while I'm on the air. (laughs) Happens to the best of us. Just in case you think I'm lying, my phone ringtone is Meet the Press. That's my phone ringtone. Quick thing about um, Hong Kong, and then we're going to get into some con- consumer tips. I've been watching the stuff in Hong Kong. This is important stuff, people. I know everyone's listening, wondering, what does this have to do with me? I've never even been to Hong Kong. This is not America. Whatever. It's important to wa- watch Hong Kong because a co- I'll say two reasons. I'll say two reasons. One, because what's happening in Hong Kong will tell us whether fascism is on the rise or authoritarianism is on the rise. We know that the Chinese government's authoritarian, and uh, Hong Kong is generally not. And also, what happens in Hong Kong are gonna, is going to affect the markets. It's going to affect your stock here in America. Um, really quickly, Hong Kong became a colony of the British Empire at the end of the first Opium War in 1842. So Hong Kong was originally, originally colonized by Britain. Sovereignty over the territory, they, they had like a 100-year lease. Sovereignty over the territory was transferred to China in 1997. So uh, I believe that was Margaret Thatcher, who was in office in Britain at the time as the uh, prime minister. She made a deal. They, Britain thought Hong Kong was kind of a headache, so they wanted to get rid of it. They gave it to China in 1997, subject to a few requirements and rules and agreements. One of them was, hey, we're going to leave Hong Kong with its own system. Because one of the things that Britain did is give it a Western judicial system, sort of like what we have. For those that don't know, 
Our judicial system here in America is based off of British common law. Lawyer here, I had to tell you that. Um, so, because the Hong Kong system was also based on British common law, our systems are very similar. So, they have a Western type society in Hong Kong, whereas in China, well, they're Chinese, if you know what I mean. You know, uh, 4,000 executions a year or more. Um, used to have a, a limit on how many kids you could have. Um, also, there's different cultures in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, they speak, I believe they speak a dialect of, of Chinese that's Cantonese. Um, they, they're more financially oriented, um, like life, liberty, and the pursuit of property type of thing. Let me tell you something. These people in Hong Kong, they want to be Western. They want to have a Western civil, uh, uh, way of life. Freedom is, is the key here. And a couple of weeks ago, the Chinese started making a move on Hong Kong. They were like, hey, we're going to have the power to extradite people over here if we want to and give them the Chinese style of law instead of the British Western cultural style of the judicial system that y'all have. Hong Kong wasn't going for it. They were like, no, we want to remain free. This is just an encroachment. We're supposed to be, you know, one China, two systems. So, you know, we have, there's a president of China called President Xi. And he's basically president for life. He just, you know, killed all term limits just like a couple years ago. So he can be president for as long as he wants to, which is why a trade war won't work on him. But anybody remember 1989? In 1989, there was a protest somewhat like this for different reasons, but still in a cause for freedom. It happened in Tiananmen Square. Bunch of students. I just read about this again to update myself. I was alive for this. Uh, many of you weren't. I was alive in about I was my late teens. Students protesting in Tiananmen Square and the PLA, the People's Liberation Army of China, came into Tiananmen Square and said, hey, you know, clear up this square. They were like, no. So the army basically shot the students down. They used live bullets, live rounds. They beat them with clubs and sticks and the students then left. And what this shows us is what the Chinese government is capable of. Some people may remember the iconic photo of the young man who was standing in front of a tank. And the tank was trying to go around him. And he kept on. Nobody knows where that man is now, by the way. Nobody knows who that guy was. But it's a famous. It's one of my favorite pictures of all time of him standing in front of a tank with his suitcase. And every time the tank tries to go around him, he's running in front of it. Risking his life for the, for the cause of freedom. And this is important because I believe... That the PLA, the People's Liberation um, Army of China, is probably going to go into Hong Kong with a soft invasion within the next two weeks. If that happens, you're going to see the markets take a fall, just like it did the other day, 800 points, I believe. You're going to take, you're going to see the markets take a fall. A lot of people are saying going into bonds. I used to be a stockbroker, so um, this affects us, people. And the more uh, emboldened President Xi is in China, the more emboldened President Trump is going to be with us. The thing that really saddens me is that you have all these Chinese people singing American songs in Hong Kong now. Singing the Star Spangled Banner in the name of freedom. It's sad. It's sad because they're remembering the America that used to be. The America that didn't let right white nationalists run around the states and just shoot people when they wanted to. They're singing the American national anthem. They're asking for America for help, for at least some kind of spiritual support. 
And I'm looking at them. And I'm like, you don't watch the news? Dude, <laughs> do you see our president? He doesn't care about y'all. Our president would gladly send troops over to China to kick you if he thought that would help his trade war. He doesn't care about y'all. So you better find a new song to sing. Uh, I had a right-wing guy on Facebook tell me, oh, they're singing American songs. It brings a tear to my eye. It brings a tear to my eye, too, because I know that Trump doesn't care about them. So pretty soon they're going to have to find a new song to sing. Don't you think? It's crazy. A lot is happening today, and we don't have any leadership to counter that here in America at all. Uh, okay, so check this out. Let me go to another Todd Bless song really quickly. And I'm going to hit you with some consumer tips that you're going to want to hear right after this. I'm telling you, you're going to want to stay for this. We got like 15 minutes left. We're going to play this song. The bishop's going to hit me. And I'm going to go into some consumer tips that you're going to want to hear. If they relate back to my credit report seminar a couple weeks ago. Stay with the Jamal Show, 97.5 FM. Hit me, bishop. so sorry to interrupt this incredible Todd Bless song, but we're running out of time, and I want to get these consumer tips out to you. It's very, very important, because um, I did a credit seminar a couple weeks ago. You can check that out on the podcast. Everywhere you find podcasts, you want to look for The Jamal Show, check it out, the credit support seminar. I'm going to jump on top of that right now, because I want to add some things that I found out recently that can help your credit report. If you're trying to build credit... um. 
There's this new thing called the pedal card, P-E-T-A-L. I mentioned during the credit report seminar that a good way to build your credit is to get a secured credit card where you put money down and you get a credit card and you're able to use the money that you put down in the credit card and they actually report that to the credit reporting agency and your credit score goes up. That's one way to do it. There's also uh, fresh fresh start programs at credit. Um, they're not banks, but they're credit agencies uh, that you have to join. Well, some small banks have them too. Fresh start programs where people that have bad credit or no credit can, can build on their credit. And they'll give you a credit card with like $250 on it. There's this new thing called the pedal card. P-E-T-A-L. Look up pedalcard.com. Just look up pedal card on Google and you'll, you'll come into it. This is great. This card is really, really good because one, it's not secured. They will actually give you a card and the card will give you anything from $500 to $10,000 based on your income. And it's a real credit card. There's no annual fee and there's no application fee. So you can apply for free and you get pre-approved. So if you, if you get pre-approved first, then you can actually get the credit and not just take the inquiry or hit, hit on your credit report. So it's really, really good. Check out the pedal card when you get the chance. If you're trying to build credit, if you have no credit, um, I've actually tried it out. I, you know, I have a pretty decent credit score now. But I wanted to try it out and see if it worked. I tried it out. It works really, really well. If you have a daughter that's 18 or a son that's 18 or anybody that has had a bad credit history or a questionable credit history, tell them to check out the pedal card. It's actually really, really good. And it's a way to build your credit without having to put down money. That's one. Two, I mentioned in my credit report seminar a few weeks ago about the credit freeze. Uh, I talked to you about LifeLock and other credit monitoring services that you should not be using. LifeLock and stuff like that. These are subscription services. You shouldn't be using them because they monitor your credit. They tell you after your credit has been breached. And then they try to help you fix it. Then they charge you a subscription fee for that service. So every month you're paying for it. Instead, you should be using credit freezes. This stops your credit from being breached in the first place. So there's no, um, there's no breach for them to fix. And it's not a subscription service. In fact, they said the federal government never does anything good. They said the federal government never does anything good. But one thing the federal government did as of September 21st of last year, all credit freezes are free in America. Uh, the three uh, reporting credit agencies, that's um, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, which are all terrible at keeping your information away from hackers. We've talked about that. Make sure you go to Equifax on the webpage and and see if you were hacked and see if you can get some money back for that. Don't forget to do that. But credit freezes are now free. Um, You should be using credit freezes. Credit freezes restrict access to your credit file, making it harder for identity thieves to open new accounts in your name. Starting September 21st, 2018, by federal law, you can freeze and unfreeze your credit file for free. You can also get a free... uh, Credit freeze for your for your children who are also under sixteen, so that you can protect them. Um, people sometimes use uh, younger people's IDs, um, so that when they do do get eighteen years old, they have credit of your child. You don't want that to happen. If you're somebody's guardian, a conservator, or if you have a valid power of attorney over somebody, you can get a credit freeze for that person too. 
It is the best way to protect your identity. Get a credit freeze. Look credit freeze on the three credit reporting agencies. Do not mess with LifeLock. Do not mess with these credit monitoring agencies. They're just there to get your money. How do these credit freezes work? Contact all three uh, nationwide credit reporting agencies, Equifax, Experian, and, Trans- and TransUnion. If you request a freeze online or by phone, the agency must place the freeze within one business day. You can also lift the freeze temporarily to, to file for more credit, and it won't cost you a dime. Again, don't confuse credit freezes with credit locks. They work in a similar way, but locks have monthly freeze. If you want a credit freeze guaranteed by federal law, then opt for freeze, not LifeLock or any, any of those scam services. Now, here's some more news for you. If you have a credit card, it's very, very important. Not many people know this. Uh, you may not need cell phone insurance. You may not, you know that stupid company, Assurion? You know, you pay, what, $6.99 for cell phone insurance a month, and then you lose your cell phone or break it, call them up, and they're like, yeah, send us $170, and we'll send you a new cell phone. You send them $170 on top of that premium premium you've been paying every month, and they send you a phone that's not even new. Uh, That's a waste of time. You might not notice, but if you already have a credit card, Pay the credit card, uh, pay your phone bill with your credit card, and your credit card may actually cover your phone. The best way to find this out is to call your credit card company and ask them. But a lot of credit cards do, and people don't even know it, so they're paying for this outside crazy insurance. A friend of mine works for that company, by the way. I think her husband is actually watching right now. So, Renee, don't get on top of me about this. But um, she even says it sucks. You know, you don't want to pay for that third-party insurance. Um, I think actually Walmart has a good deal as well. I, I didn't look that up, but I'll be talking to you about that next week. So call your credit card company if you have a credit card and find out if they cover cell phones or lost or broken cell phones because they might as long as you pay your, credit, your, your, your phone bill with your credit card. Also, and this is relevant to me, this might be the right time to buy a condo. This is the only time that I can remember that I totally agree with the Trump administration. The Trump administration is vastly expanding the scope of condominium purchases eligible for lower down payment loans. I'm looking at my friend the bishop here because he told me he wants a condo over there um, on the Connecticut River. I was actually going to check those out, by the way. I pass by that place all the time, and I'm like, guess what? The Trump administration just made it easier to purchase one of those. Believe it or not, I'm, we know a black man had to be probably involved in this. Ben Carson, I'm looking at you. Ben Carson is the Secretary of Home of, um, what is it, FHA, FHA, the Federal Housing Administration. So they're trying to revive the entry-level condo market for first-time buyers. So they're making it so that you only need a 3.5% loan, um, 3.5% down payment on any condo, and FHA will back you up. It also loosens financial crisis um, era rules that could expose the government to a higher likelihood of loan default. So he's basically doing kind of what Clinton did with houses, making it easy to buy houses. Now they're trying to revive the condominium market. So they're making it so the FHA will actually give you a loan easier if it's a condo than a house. So if you're looking at buying a house, as I am right now, or probably start looking near the end of the year, you might want to consider a condo. They're making it easier to do so. They're making it easier to buy condos. And you need to keep this in mind. Because 
You don't always want to be renting, right? You want to own some property. So, that's about it. I'm going to, um, I want everyone to be productive. I'm going to probably go and check on my cluster headache syndrome. I want everyone to take care of themselves. I'm going to go to the gym now. I want to say that you, I want to thank you for being with the Jamal Show. I will be back. I'm not sure about next week. I may have to take a week off to prepare more for the fall schedule. We're going to be doing some new things. We're going to be having some new people come in to talk with us. People from UConn, um, the law department. Uh, I got the, I've been talking to the fire commissioner of Hartford. I know Luke Vronin is also uh, running. Last week we had one of the councilwomen here. We're going to be having more guests. Uh, we're going to be having more music. We're going to be having more call-ins. I want you to stay with us. We're going to be going to the fall season of the Jamal Show after next week. Chances are we will be paying, playing a podcast next week. I'll let you know. But I want you to thank, I want to thank all of you, power listeners, for being with the Jamal Show once again, one last time. I love you all. I'll see you all in a week. Take me out, Bishop. You're listening to 97.5 FM, The Power.